Hi, it's Milton. I'm starting a new script analysis class on the 20th of April, Wednesday. The class will meet for six weeks from 5 to 6.30. Script analysis is meant to help us look at the text of a play and figure out what exactly do I look for in order to make these talented choices that I want to make. For more information about the class, email us at scriptanalysisclass at gmail.com. Scriptanalysisclass, one word, at gmail.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Okay, so let's just get briefly to this brilliant piece of writing that Teo had to audition for. So similarly to what the way we're working on this, and there's no exact road in, there are things you want to cover, but a lot of it has to do with what hits you first. Okay, so first of all, You know that you're doing an episodic, a police episodic. So it's important to know what they look like. Okay. So what did you get out of that? That everyone looks looks hot, so I think you're not what I'm looking for. Yeah, okay. Everybody looks hot. So I decided, okay, I need to know the form I'm in. So if I'm going to do something like this, I have to know what does one look like? You know, what does a police procedural look like? So I pulled up on YouTube SWAT. I had no idea that this SWAT was based on a 70s series called SWAT. Same theme music. And so I played the opening. Every character was white. Every character was white and male. (laughs) I just went, oh my God. I had no idea. I thought, oh my God, this is so... I mean, you know, you just, you forget. What the hell do you know? I didn't watch SWAT in the 1970s, but that was, you know. So, okay. Everybody looks hot. Very good. And they have a specific personality that you can practically see from looking at the opening credits. So this is crucial. It's absolutely crucial. You must be a somebody. All right, now let me show you another scene. Ten, with me, now, now. All right, real talk. What's the deal between you and this girl right here? We got close back in the day. Oh, okay, so you actually crossed the line with your CI before. That explains why she has you wrapped around her finger right now. No, she doesn't. Oh, really? Because that wasn't textbook, Tan. I'll give you that was a good caller, but protocol is about limiting risk, not taking on more of it and endangering yourself. I got the job done, I know. You want to prove to yourself or anyone else you can still improvise in high-risk situations, and you take that back to vice, because you know damn well that belongs nowhere near 20 Squad. So we're clear. Is she going to be a problem for you going forward? No. You make sure of that. 
or I will. Let's get him out of here. All right. So I pulled up that because it's important to understand not only, as Laura said, they're hot, they have a personality. And these are two regulars. They're they're like, I don't know, six, seven, eight seasons in on this show. And yet there's a personality. So the first sort of thing, whereas in a play, we look at the plays by Arthur Miller. The play takes place after World War II, what we call the social circumstance of the play. The play takes place in the Midwest. It takes place in a backyard. So in the same way that we look at all of these things that are part of a given circumstance in a play, we do similarly when we look at episodic TV. So this one, as you see, takes place East New York, Rivas is the name of the character, and this is the first side for, well, the only side that was sent, which tells you that in two lines, they will be able to tell whether or not this is somebody they want. So that's both brilliant and an enormous obligation. So you basically say, this page lasts about 30 seconds. I have 30 seconds so they can see who I am. And by the way, the they they. <laughs> The script breakdown said they were looking for someone Latino. And as you all can see, Teo, who gets whiter by the day. Uh, what was the other direction they gave you? And sometimes you can get something from, uh, although I don't take them totally seriously from the breakdown. What was the character trait? Do you remember? Respectful. Respectful. Okay. That's all you have. And Latino. Okay, but we're looking at something that says, okay, it's New York. So everything we know that takes place in New York or Los Angeles, especially when it comes to police things are, you know, it's intense character stuff. So now I know what world I'm in. His first line is, anyone know anything about our new commandant? But the scene starts with Sandiford talking to Bentley, whoever Bentley is, the trainee, and saying, don't just look on the ground for shell casings. Sometimes they go into the tires, which is why you want to look for flats. Okay. So here's what we did on this. We chose what was going on while Sandiford was talking off camera. Because the tendency, and I always look at it and say, because every other actor going in on this is just going to be listening, dead, nothing going on, until they have a line, anyone know anything about our new commandant? You see what I mean? This, these, these to me are like little keys that help us. And that's where I have something going on in the scene leading into it is important. So Teo chose that Sandiford always gave this speech to the trainee. Always gave the speech. And so it was amusing. It was amusing to hear it again because he'd heard it when he was a trainee. Okay? Not distracting, but also it's something, it, it is a choice that gives you something that's amusing. 
it gives you a different place to go so that when the commandant walks across, now I can go to a different place. I can be this guy that's amused with this and then the commandant goes across and now I have a totally different action. I like that because I don't think anybody ever does that. I'm sitting in a casting room and I see somebody do that and I go, wow, there's an actor who has filled every moment. Uh, He's not right for this, but make a note of him. And so, you know, because that's where we're all missing. To me, what we're all missing is that it is never that filled. And that's what you want. You want it filled and you want it filled with different, and it's an effect to say with different colors, but what you're doing is filling it with different places to go so that I see a whole world going on. You don't respond to everything the same way. And it just makes sense. So subtly, it's given me two moments in 30 seconds. I mean, in a 30-second take, I've already got two moments. And the two moments took place in the first, what, four seconds? You know, that's what I'm looking for. Certainly, if I were casting, I'm looking for that. And by the way, I still haven't figured out who my guy is. You may be an actor that first has to know who the guy is. I haven't figured out who the guy is yet. I haven't even thought about who the guy is because the stage direction, respectful, just didn't help me at all. So it's not where I started. Sometimes it is, by the way. Often it is. But what I find, just as a note, nothing is very specific in writing anymore. Writing now seems to be recorded conversation, as if people think this is how people talk, so this must be conversation. And so people just write conversation. So nobody really gives you anything. So it really, the luxury of it is you can tell them what they're looking for, but you have to come up with something. You know, and I mean, you just do. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So he says, anybody know anything about our new commandant? And then I, I, I read through the, and by the way, I, some, most of the time, <laughs> I, don't, I don't read through the whole thing. I've helped JP on auditions before and Wesley, and they send me the sides and I don't read them. Wesley doesn't even read them anymore. And so we just kind of read them together as we go through. So a lot of it is just the discovery as we go. So then we see a thing that says, so I haven't figured out exactly what I'm going to make the commandant. I know, and, and I, in a note that I sent Nicholas, which I will discuss with the rest of you, because I have been doing this 
forever. I work really fast. I make choices really fast. As soon as I saw that there was a commandant and that it was a woman, it's just I immediately thought, well, either she's hot or she looks like a ball crusher or she looks, I mean, it's just like automatically. I make three, four, five different choices about what she looks like or her presence. Uh, you know, I, I immediately thought, oh, man, she's hardcore. I can tell by looking at her, she's hardcore. So then Lyle says she was the most qualified candidate. That's all. And he's sarcastic about it. Now, we're doing a police procedural. I know Lyle is the sexist asshole. We need the sexist asshole and the police procedural, it's in the book. It's in the book called If You're Writing a Police Procedural, You Have to Have One Guy That's a Woman Hater. And because now we have a lot of plots where we can bring women into the department and this guy hates them. Right. So, okay. So now I'm, I know him. In fact, what I'm thinking to myself is, Ugh, who's playing Lyle? Could I play him? Because he's already more interesting to me. So now I've got, she was the most qualified candidate. That's all to which I say she was awarded the combat cross. Anyway, and so fortunately for all of you, there is this something in the world called Google, and you can actually look up combat cross. And we did. So now we knew what a combat cross was. Okay. So I adjusted my performance as the offstage voice to, well, she was the most qualified candidate, that's all. So Revis could point out that she was actually, you know, dude, she was awarded the combat cross. So, you know, you can't fuck with her. And, and here's the thing. You don't know who's cast in this part. You know, the, you, there's, there's nothing. She could be anybody. So it's up to me to make up who she is. If I know, who is the woman on Equalizer? Is it Queen Latifah? Queen Latifah. If I know Queen Latifah is going to be cast in the part, because her series has gotten so bad that they're going to cancel it, then I know one thing, right? If I know that Jennifer Lopez is going to be cast, it's something else. So it's, it's just knowing, it's just knowing that. I think a lot of that stuff that JP is talking about, it used to crack me up because Petrovsky, every time he had an audition, he would go on IMDb Pro and he would look at who the casting director was, what else they had cast, I mean, it was just just like whatever, what everything was so that owning this information, it gave you grounding. I mean, so much of this is to give you grounding. He's gotten so specific about things that, but he's been doing it for so many years now that he's he is even slightly aware of the difference between auditioning for HBO Max series and an ABC series. But... That's way down the road. And I guess the point was, by working not very long, 
on a piece. There are some keys. But the big issue, and the reason I showed you all the opening clips from SWAT, was there needs to be a personality. Oh, the other note that they said, possibly a recurring. So there needs to be something that will make them want to hire me and possibly be a running recurring part for several years. You know, I still look at my brilliant son who was hired for one to three episodes and did 29. And it was, and they even brought him back from the dead. And it's because what he brought was this sweet, adorable thing. And the reason they brought him back to, from the dead, he ran into Barbara Hall, who'd written a series in makeup one day. And he said to her, did you always mean to bring Dimitri back? And she said, oh, my God, no. We were doing a session at some school in Atlanta, and people in the audience said, I'm sorry, but how could you kill off Dimitri? And so it, it was like, she said, I feel like you had all your relatives write in complaining that we'd killed off Dimitri. And then it turned out Tia Leone, who, of course, was Madam Secretary and managed every week in 45 minutes to solve all the world problems, she wasn't comfortable because her character had been part of it. <laughs> so I think that was that was the final straw. It was it was sort of like Madam Secretary is the one that turned him in. I'm not happy with that plot line. So that was the end of that. He wasn't dead. He was just in um, the gulag. If you're going out for a show that was written by Aaron Sorkin or Amy Papadero, where you know there's a certain tone, like Gilmore Girls and Mrs. Maisel, same sort of tone to it. Should you make choices based on what you know of the writer? Yes. I, I, think, I think it's a great shortcut. Where, where we really get stuck is when we have absolutely no idea who these people are. But I mean, that, that, that's the thing. I, I, I mean, Petrovsky auditioned for something once and, and I was putting him on tape and I looked at him and I said, you're not doing that performance, are you? And he pulled it up on YouTube and it was a Disney series. And it, it was exactly right for it. I mean, if it had gotten it, it would have, you know, he would have never worked again. You, but you're right. There is a tone. If you're doing an Aaron Sorkin play, you know, I mean, an Aaron Sorkin series, West Wing's the best series that ever existed on television. So, you know, it's smart. It's stick -a mythic dialogue. And it's like, man, you better be able to do those words really fast. But, you know, most stuff is really crap. So another thing is, I think there's a big difference between auditioning for a one-off part for one week or two or three and a series regular. Series regulars, I think, I may be wrong, are really hired for their look. I mean, if you, the other thing that you'll notice from SWAT is there's an older guy, there's an old guy that's kind of funny, there's a young guy. I get them mixed up. Navy SEAL and SWAT, which used to be on right after each other, 
and I'd fall asleep in one and wake up in the other. And the young guys looked exactly the same. And I'd get confused. And they said, so there's a young hot guy that's, that works out at the gym way too much. And so that's, you know, that's, he's on both series. I just totally forgot. So, I mean, look, you know, these are the realities of what we're doing. If that's what we want, we need to bring something very specific. We need to, you have to keep in mind, everybody hopes these series will last like uh, Grey's Anatomy. Anybody, questions, comments, thoughts? Useful? Yeah, I'm about to audition for a, a cop show again today. So, yeah. So, useful. Hey, everybody. It's Walker Vreeland, producer of I Don't Need an Acting Class. The podcast is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice, and our music is provided by Jeffrey Keezer. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And thanks so much for listening.